We're in the mood to celebrate Jesus, amen? Well, like I said earlier, we're going to be looking uh, this morning at Psalm 103. Uh, I have been working on this sermon for longer than I should have. It's just like taking the time to enter into God's spirit, get some ideas, come up with some just thoughts that maybe might impact somebody's life. Don't you love sometimes when, let's say like you're having a tough week and then something pops into your week and you think, you know what, this is a game changer, amen? Well, when I came across Psalm 103, this was a game changer for me. I must have listened to it in my car on my little CD because I'm going through the Psalms right now. Some of the Psalms are a bummer. Do you know what I'm talking about? Frustration, disappointments, on and on. But then Psalm 103 pops up and it rocks. And I started to think, uh, what is the best idea that I could come up with for a title for Psalm 103 if I were going to surmise it? And I came up with these words, loving, faithful, merciful, and forgiving. Wouldn't you love to have a person like that in your life? Someone who loves you. Someone who is so faithful and would never leave you. No matter what. Someone who's merciful. Offers mercy at a moment's notice and someone who forgives all the time. This young guy asked me a couple days ago at work, you just made 20-year anniversary with your wife? Because I mentioned a few things that we, you know, go on in my life. He said, if I were to get married someday, what's the recipe for success? What kind of, what kind of advice would you give me? And I, would, and I told him at the moment, don't sweat the small stuff. I said, honestly, in my opinion, for all these little things we want to nitpick each other about, if that person was removed out of your life in some unfortunate way, you would almost wish they could do that thing that annoys you one more time. And I used an example. Sorry, honey. I said, you know, there's sometimes maybe someone washes their hands and they don't dry them fully and they go flipping through, you know, uh, light fixtures, turning off lights, and then you come around, you see the little drops of water and you feel the little wetness on the uh, electricity plug and you think, this is so dangerous. This is water and electricity. What are you doing? But I said, if you change your mindset and something were to happen and that person was no longer in your life by some unfortunate means, you almost wish you could see those drops on the counter one last time. Don't sweat the small stuff. Be loving, faithful, merciful, forgiving. And I have my own things, don't I, hon? <laughs> That's like, I'll tell you about it later in the car on the way home. But I will tell you, uh, another thing that I should have shared with him was, you know what? And this is what I didn't say. That all these things that we learn to be loving, faithful, merciful, and forgiving is to keep yourself close to the Lord so you know how to model the same behavior in your relationship. Modeled behavior is what we're all about, isn't it? How did you learn how to drive a stick shift? Mom or dad or grandpa or whatever taught you. They modeled the behavior. How did you learn how to be kind? How did you learn how to be giving? Blah, 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 blah. All these things are things that we're supposed to be looking after. But you know what I realized about Psalm 103? It's really a way to praise. It's really a way to give praise to a God that deserves it. So truly, life can be a song. Do you ever see things during your week and all of a sudden a song pops into your mind? Anybody? Or is it just me? I do this all the time to Jenna. We're, we're doing something and all of a sudden I'll start singing a song that kind of like ties in with what's going on at the moment. Life is a song 
And also life can be praise. And also in this sermon, I wanted to add a little bit of rhyme. So not only will it have some song, some praise, some rhyme, but a little bit of dance. I'm not, I'm not a great dancer, but you know what? I'll tell you something. Actually, I'm not even a good dancer. I would call it poor to fair. But I would tell you one thing. When it comes to the Lord, if I have to dance, I'll pull it off. I will pull it off if I have to. And not because I have to, but because I want to. Expression. Expression is so important. We used to have neighbors, Jan and I, when we bought our first little single family home, we used to have uh, some neighbors, this couple little secular young people that lived next door to us, and they totally loved to talk about partying. Like, yeah, right now we're in our 20s, we're going to party in our 20s, but you know, 30s are going to be a little more sophisticated, then we're going to party like we're a little more sophisticated by the time we get to 40. And we always joked about this because we thought, you know what, this is so funny, partying like in our 20s. We always make a joke about that, but I'll tell you one thing, today we can party like we're in the spirit of the living God, amen? Because David lays it down for us in Psalm 103. It was written by David. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you now. And this is how he starts it. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not His benefits, all of His benefits, who forgives your sins and heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the, the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, he will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, praise God, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, flourishes like a flower of the field, but the wind blows over it and it is gone, and in its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting... The Lord's love is with those who fear Him, and righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep His covenant and remember to obey His precepts. Yes, Lord, we want to be people who obey. The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His bidding, who obey His word. Praise the Lord, all the heavenly hosts, you servants who do His will, praise the Lord, all His works, everywhere in His dominion. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Lord, thank You. Thank You, Lord. Bless Your holy name. This is a praise, amen? Can you imagine starting your day with this praise? Psalm 103 rocks. What an amazing, amazing testament to what? God's love for us. And I can tell you a true statement today. God's love for you is great. Amen. 
His love for you is great. In fact, I would, I would venture to argue you are the greatest love he has if he's willing to give his own son to die for you. I think that means a lot. That means a lot, amen. Psalm 103, David is telling us exactly what God does for us and he shows us the nature of the Lord. The nature of our Heavenly Father. But then you know what my mind does? I think, but wait a minute, what's my nature? Ooh, do you really want to know? You probably don't. But I'll tell you a little bit about my nature. It depends on who you ask. Isn't that the truth? What is my nature? Depends on who you ask. To some, I am critical. I'm impatient. I'm easily angered. My wife told me recently that I've begun to be a person that growls. It usually happens when I'm on my way to work. I'm waiting for my favorite latte. They're taking 20 years to get milk, espresso, and a little bit of vanilla in a cup. Now I'm running behind and I go, <laughs> I become a growler. I used to be prone to yelling. Anybody here? You want to admit it? Oh, when my kids were small, I go loco. I would go wild, yelling, screaming, are you kidding me? I could be annoyed easily. Anybody else here? Turn out of a dime. I'm annoyed. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting, I can feel it in my face sometimes. I must be turning red. But now that I'm 50, you know how people would tell me, uh, describe me? Forgetful. I just turned 50. Forgetful. I'm missing things. I'm making mistakes, homework, like, where did I put this? Where did I put that? you got to be kidding me. Like, I'm, I'm at that age now that if my little world gets messed up and I put something in the wrong spot, it like throws me off totally. Like, what's wrong with me? But to other people, they might say, no, Ryan, he's patient, he's supportive, he's positive, he's faithful, he's trustworthy, he's dependable. Oh, but he is 50 and forgetful too. You just depend on who you hear it from. If you ever heard of Dr. Laura Schlesinger, she's awesome. She's a, a psychologist. She once said, you know what? To know someone's true character and nature is to see how they are when times are tough. Not the good times. You get to know who they really are when the heat is cranked up and the tough moments are there. But guess what? For humans, we're always going to go to the next tough spot, aren't we? So it's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. The David of Psalm 103 is a cool thing to see. But let me tell you something. David wasn't always the Psalm 103 guy. Would you like to hear David in Psalm 10? Come on, Lord. Why do you stand so far off? Why do you hide in times of trouble? Totally hidden from me. Let me give you the David of Psalm 13. You've got to be kidding me. How long, O oh Lord? Have you forgotten me forever? And hide your face from me forever with sorrow in my heart? That's not the David of Psalm 103, is it? Let me give you the, uh, the David of Psalm 22. Seriously, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Don't you answer? Wow, what a difference. We caught David on a good day on Psalm 103. But he had some bad days in there too, some really tough days. But you know what? Guess who doesn't have a tough day? Because he's always so smooth and in control. The Lord, ooh, hallelujah. He's got it all, he's smooth. He can be even on a cross and say, you know what, Lord? Forgive these clowns. <laughs> they don't even know what they're doing. 
Another nail, boom, yeah, forgive them. Another nail, please, Father, please forgive them. What a smooth cat. That's really awesome to hear. Well, the first point I wanted to mention this morning is this, and this is where we'll try to find a little bit of song in this sermon. One, live a life of less complaining and more praise. Sustaining. A little bit of rhyme, a little bit of song. Live a life of less complaining and more praise sustaining. Amen. Next time you want to complain, turn that into praise sustain. Hallelujah. And I want to mention that because I found myself recently, about two weeks ago, Pastor Dave, he had this service and uh, he said, you know what? I feel led for us to get up and do something out of our seats. And I'm thinking, oh no, come on. This is my time to sit down. I just want to listen. And then he said, all right, everybody, we're going to put on this song, and I want you to start moving around this room. So guess what we did? We almost did like a big conga line. And then we started running a little bit of laps. Why? Who knows? But Pastor Dave's giving everybody high fives as we go by him because he wasn't running. Come on, Pastor Dave, get a little movement in there, right? But anyway, so we start running around the room, and then I realized, you know, why are we doing this? Why am I doing this? I just took a shower. Now I'm getting hot. And I get a little bit crabby when I get hot and sweaty, especially when I'm dressed nicer. Gets on my nerves. But let me tell you, we did it because I'll tell you one thing. When the Spirit of the Lord descends on me, I will dance like David danced. You heard it? And when the Spirit of the Lord descends upon me, I will sing like David sang. And then I added one. And when the Spirit of the Lord descends on me, I will praise like David praised. And I will sing, I will praise, I will dance like David danced. That's why... We got up out of our seats and we went a little bit loco in church. You know why? David modeled that behavior when the ark came to his city. Because sometimes in the Lord, you just got to let loose. You got to praise. You got to sustain that praise. You need to pray. You can dance if you want to. Isn't that a song too? You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. Today's going to be a song day, okay? Everything's a song. Life is a song, amen? But we are meant to praise. And you know what fights against that? Sometimes we don't want to. I don't feel like it. Don't you hate feelings sometimes? I just tell feelings, oh, hush. Be quiet. I'm meant to praise. I'm created to praise. If I want to sing, if I want to dance, if I want to shout, I can do it all. But you know what? Mixed into that crowd are always the complainers. Oh, this is weird. Oh, you got to be kidding me. And I have a story about this. I, do you have some complainers in your life? You have some people that call you and you're like, oh, I know it's coming. I have a couple people in my life like that. And guess what? There's no winning with complainers sometimes. 
There's a lady I know. We've been friends many, many years, but I know when I call her, the first thing she's going to say is, oh, well, I haven't heard from you hardly ever. And I'm like, I'm talking to you now. Oh, I wish you would call more often. I just called now. But I mean, you know, you, we never hang out and this or that. I'm calling you to hang out now. You know what I mean? Have you been that way? Have you, have you had friends that way? So there's always the complainers. Or sometimes at work, someone's closing a big sale like, wow, well, I wish our inventory was better. You're scoring a big sale now. Ah, it could be better that we could have more options. We're ringing through this credit card for a good amount. What's with the complaining? Sometimes people can't help but complain. They think it's a gift, right? But let me tell you one thing. In, uh, when you think about it, in 2 Samuel 6, the ark of the Lord was moved to David's city. That's a significant moment. What were some of the things in the ark? You remember? Manna from heaven, the staff that Aaron threw down and budded. I mean, this is a significant moment to have the ark of the covenant, the presence of the Lord hovered above it. And then you know what happened uh, when the ark came into town? David didn't just sit and go, cool, groovy, awesome. You know what he did? He put his dancing shoes on. He got a procession. He went out in the streets, and he went David loco. He had a blast. As the ark is coming into the town, it says that he became the praiser, not the complainer. David rejoiced. He danced before the Lord with, guess what? All of his might. But guess what happened? There was a complainer. You used to complainers? They're there, aren't they? There was a complainer. Saul's daughter, most people call her Michael. I just can't do that. I can't call this lady Michael, so I'm going to call her Michal. <laughs> Saul's daughter, Michal, she watched David from her window going, this dude is nuts dancing before this ark coming into the town. He's going crazy. And she's watching from her window. Here he is leaping and dancing. And you know what happened in her heart? She despised him. She absolutely despised him. He gets home, and guess what? The complainer goes right to his face. Mikhail says, How the king of Israel distinguished himself, disrobed in front of everybody, acted so vulgar. But you know what I realized? Being a critic is easy, isn't it? But being a person that's supportive and still builds people up is the real work. Amen? Being a critic is easy. Having a critical heart is what? A maturity issue. And I'll tell you one thing. God wants us to be people with the right heart and the right spirit. Amen? I added another scripture here. It's Psalm 51, 10 through 12. I'm going to read it to you now. Psalm 51, 10 through 12. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Do you know that's a song? Did you know that's a song? Since this is the sermon of praise, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. 
Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 51. Life is a song, amen? We can praise. Because God puts a song in our heart, amen? Just from these words. So there's no moment to be a complainer, amen? But a praise sustainer. Hallelujah. The right spirit is a loving spirit. You know how many times my daughter comes home from work, she just got her first job, and she says, Dad, are you proud of me? <laughs> Baby, more proud than you'll ever know. I don't say, you know, well, you could have a better schedule. Um, I mean, uh, the hourly they give you is okay, but it could be better. I mean, uh, you could get there a little bit earlier. We kind of push it. Dad, are you proud of me? Baby, I'm so proud of you. More than you'll ever know. A loving spirit. Mikkel, she had the wrong spirit. And it led towards complaining and hatred in her heart. Spiritual maturity calls all of us out of a life of complaining, amen, and into a life of praise, sustaining. Praise people and praise God, amen. Because this is the moment we are here to build each other up. David's response to the complaining... If you know the story in 2 Samuel, he says this. He goes to Michal and he says, Excuse me, I am the Lord's anointed. Quick flex. I am the Lord's anointed. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this and I might even humiliate myself and I will still be honored before the Lord. Oh, Wow. David knew what praise was really about. In Psalm 103, that's why he can say these words. Praise the Lord, all my soul, all of my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, all my soul. And forget not all His benefits. I love my benefits at work, by the way. I have such a blast with all this stuff. I have cool vision. I have cool dental. I have pretty awesome medical. I have this cool 401k thing. I even have this wellness fund. They like give me $1,200 to like use on certain things like grooming and haircut. Benefits are cool, amen? Benefits are pretty cool. But guess what? Better than that, I have God benefits. Ooh. What in the world are God benefits? Why could David have this praise in his heart? I'll tell you what God benefits are. He forgives my sins and every sin that is within us in this room. God benefits. He heals diseases. Church, do you believe that? Do you still believe he's a God in the business of healing? He didn't resign. He's a God that redeems lives. Your life can be changed today if you just stop and say, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior, and you're it. That's all you have to do. Jesus is my Savior. He's also the one that crowns us with love and stays supportive and compassionate with us. He satisfies desires. Amen? 
Lord, I want this or that because please, Father God, I just want to bring it to you because I know you're a God that gives all good gifts. Amen? He satisfies desires and he gives justice for the oppressed. Praising eliminates complaining. Amen? Hallelujah. I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. Amen. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. He's worthy, amen? Oh, hallelujah. Our second point is this. The amount of blessing that I deserve. You know what I wrote down on my notes when I thought about myself? Zero. None. I don't deserve any of it. I don't deserve it. Why, Lord, do you pour out? Why, Lord, are you so good? I've done things, and we're going to look at this in point three, about living and looking back in the past. Don't you hate that? But maybe you're used to looking back in the past and thinking of it. But I've done some terrible things. But you know what hit me this morning as we drove this way? It's all in your name. What am I talking about? It comes down to two important words. You walk it. You live it. You are it. It's out on your sign. New hope. You are it. The amount of blessing that I deserve, we can have hope in God. Amen? A new hope that He pours out to those that don't even deserve. What kind of God is this? Amen? New hope with Jesus. He becomes my new hope. He becomes your new hope. And honestly, He spread that planet-wide even to this valley. Do you know how far Israel is from Overton? I checked it out. Anybody want to guess? I'll tell you. 7,300 miles. And that new hope poured out right here in this valley. Almost 7,500 miles farther than where Jesus' ministry began. You have become his new hope 7,000 miles away. Hallelujah. Praise God. He spread that hope. Then you remember that you are the new hope to a dying world. And it is. Amen? What a gift you are. Don't forget that. What a blessing you are because of who Jesus is. Who is this King of glory? Is that another song? <laughs> Who is this King of glory? Who's ever heard of the undeserving receiving? Who's ever heard of the extremely lost being totally found? Who's ever heard of a sinner being made into a saint? Do these things even make sense in the earthly realm? It almost doesn't make sense. But you know what? Another song? All things are possible. Amen. With Jesus. I might be the biggest sinner in the room. Do you believe that? I probably have enough sins to rise to the height of the Empire State Building. And I can give that building some competition. Honestly. And that's one of the first things you see when you fly into JFK or even, uh, you know, close to it. You see the Empire State Building. Imagine looking at me and thinking, ooh, I see Ryan's sin. But I'll tell you, sin's so high. But this, honestly, is exactly what put me on God's radar. Amen? 
Because he came for the lost. He saw my destructive behavior, the way I was living my life, and he saw what I deserved. And guess what I deserved? A savior. Oh, savior. I deserved his son. I didn't think I did, but God did. And that's all that matters. His only son, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who literally takes away the sin of the world. Who can fathom the distance of the east is from the west? Can we even make sense of that? Even if, even if directions started in, what is that in England? Uh, what do we call that? Greenwich Mean Time, right there in that little town of Greenwich. And we said, okay, this is where it begins. West goes this way, east goes that way. And somehow they meet in Auckland, New Zealand. No. You can't, the two will never meet. It doesn't even make sense. East and West can never meet. So who understands a God that says, this literally will never meet. The truth of God's blessing and forgiveness are those that come to His Son and our sins are removed as far as the East is from the West. That's spectacular. I know who I was and I know who I am today, amen? A sinner that was saved by grace. Is that your story? Because it should be. I acknowledge the depths of my sin. Do you remember yours? Don't think about it today. Because we have a new hope in Jesus. Amen. The grace of God's forgiveness. We are saved. You know why? We have a rescuer. <laughs> I think there was a movie called The Rescuer. We have a rescuer. And my response is to love him and love my Savior. Luke 7, 41 says this. Uh-oh, I'm in the wrong spot. Luke 7, 41 says this. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him $500 and the other 50 Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both people. Now which of them will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. Would you agree? You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman who was stuck in sin and he says to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and she wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the moment I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. What a story. Is that phenomenal? It'll lead to our next uh, point, which is stop living stuck in the past and live for God's future. Did Jesus hit the, the lady in sin? Did he hit her hard like, why is this lady touching me? You've done some pretty bad things. You're not even worthy. He did not. He focused on what she was doing currently and who she would become with God. Amen? Stop living stuck in the past. You know the best thing about your past? It's past. Gone. It does not define you. It helps refine you. Good rhyme, honey? Good rhyme. It refines you God's way. Your past... Here it comes, honey. Your past doesn't confine you. It aligns you into God's newness. 
Don't you like the new things of God? Be in alignment with Him. Your past doesn't have to intertwine you. God will now assign you to freedom. We need to be people that live free of the past. Amen. Oh, we know what we've done. But guess what? As far as the east is from the west, it's gone and removed. There's this guy named Phil Connors. He's so stuck in the past. Phil is stuck in the past. It's like one, all these mistakes he's made, one terrible day that just keeps repeating itself. It's like every day is the same for Phil. Over and over, a terrible day, same terrible mistakes, same terrible missteps, same terrible misspoken words, hurting people, misaligned attitude, coming back every single day. Terrible patterns, never changing, always hurting people and himself, hurting his future, and he can't change it. He can't get out of it. Phil Connors was stuck. Stuck in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Phil Connors was stuck every single day on Groundhog Day, and every day when the clock turned 6 a.m., the same day started over. Don't be a Phil, amen? Don't be a Phil. Get out of it. And God's will is the way out. The Lord loves broken, fallen, stuck people. And guess what? Life is difficult, isn't it? It's a difficult journey. But let me tell you something. Difficult journeys produce blessings in God's kingdom and in His family. There's so many examples of that in this scripture. When you serve a God who operates in the past, the present, and the future, He's not bound by time. I'll tell you one thing. The future can be bright then. Amen? Saul knew that. It was so bright that he even got blinded and couldn't see for several days when he met the Lord. (laughs) Amazing. That's how blinding and bright the future is. Praise God. And that was the beginning of Paul's journey. Because difficult journeys produce blessings in God's family. Don't be stuck, trapped, and repeating junk in your life. Don't you hate that repeating junk part? Lord, I want this out of my life. Why do I keep doing this? Don't give it credence. I'll tell you one thing. A life of praise is where you want to find yourself. And if your praise list is getting short lately, let God lengthen it. Amen? Let God lengthen it. Expect new big things in next year. 2024 is going to be a blessed year. Amen? It'll have challenges, but praise sustaining. Amen? My 20-year anniversary card. Jan and I were just talking about our anniversary card. Actually, I don't even think I gave you a card this year, did I? We just went for a beautiful dinner. But our first year, our anniversary cards were ooey-gooey. Ooh, love of my life. And this, we still do that now. But sometimes we notice how, if I had the cards to progress and see how 20 years of anniversary cards have progressed, sometimes we talk now about the hard times we've overcome and went through, right? You never heard that in the first year. Oh, honeymoon phase and blah, 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 blah. But we know life can get hard. Mistakes are made and all of these things happen in life and we can read what we've written about each other. But I'll tell you one thing. It's uh, one thing I know is the future is bright is what I wrote. No matter what happens in Christ, the future is always bright. So that leads to our last point and it's this. Life. Live a life of praise in remembrance of God's goodness. Live a life of praise in remembrance of God's goodness. And that's how we focus now on our anniversary cards. Thank the Lord for the life we have together. 
Hard times, yes. Tough times, yes. Moments of craziness, yes. But thank God that we can remember His goodness no matter what. Does my life bring glory to God? What a question I wrote down for myself. I wrote this to myself. Does my life bring glory to God or a devastation story before God? Does it bring glory or a devastation story? And I'll tell you one thing. Do you remember Transformers in the 80s? Remember those little robots? You can change those things around and you're using the same parts, but guess what? It looks totally different. Whoa! This little beetle became a robot. Now we want it to be back in a little bug or whatever it is. Transformers are cool. And this is exactly what the work of God does. He uses the same sinful person and makes us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Whoa! Transformers, more than meets the eye. <laughs> life is a song, amen? Does my life bring glory to God or a devastation story before Him? And I'll tell you one thing. Early years, well, I would say more devastation. But now I found Jesus, amen? And it's made all the difference. A guide in goodness and remembrance. Hear what God is all about and remember. This is what I wrote about. My praise list of who the Lord is. All knowing, He gets it. That's how I translate that. All knowing, He gets it. He gets me. Spirit. He's everywhere that I want Him to be. Righteous and just. Ever present. I could be in Greenland or hanging out in Buenos Aires, Argentina. The Lord's presence is with me. Ever present. Willing and ready at a moment's notice to be there for me. Desirable. He's my ultimate concern. Powerful. He's big enough, strong enough. Beautiful. He loves to make things beautiful, including my life. Forgiving. Creator. Merciful. Hallelujah. I love people of mercy. Loving. I love people that know how to love people. And He loves me. Faithful. I love faithfulness. Good. Generous. Holy. Sovereign. And great. David, he says this, The Lord values obedience. His love is with those who fear Him. Remember to obey His precepts. I have to be a person of obedience. I have to be a person of obedience before the Lord. And then David says, and to do His will. Praise the Lord, you servants who do His will. To serve is to perform duties or to present offerings before the Lord. We can praise Him, amen? So as we close this morning, I wanted to finish with a quick story. And it's about a friend of mine. Because David said, do not forget all his benefits. This is a family that's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, on your left-hand side is Ray Valenzuela. He just turned 95 years old. Born in 19, what did I write down? 1928. That's his wife Sylvia in the middle. Uh, Sylvia, I think, just turned uh, close to 80. And that is their son, Jason. And I've known them since at least 1991. But I wanted to talk about Raymond. Raymond is a Mexican-American from Southern California. I met him in San Bernardino area. I'm from a little town called Redlands, not far from there. And they were from Highland, California. He's born in 1928. Like as I said, he just turned 95. During the whole Depression, he is when he grew up as a young guy. In World War II time periods, in the 40s, he uh, served his country as a military police officer. And his son, Jason, 
uh, was hit by a truck uh, when he was 10 years old. Jason's a little bit older than me. I'm 50, so Jason's probably about 52, 53 now. Uh, from the moment Jason got hit by the truck, uh, and they live over here in Cedar City, so when Jan and I go to Cedar, that, this is who we hang with a little bit. Uh, when Jason got hit by a truck at 10 years old, Jason pretty much forever became a perpetual six-year-old with the injuries he sustained uh, to his mind. So uh, Jason is like a perpetual kid, uh, just loving and so sweet and so kind. And uh, Sylvia has been supportive, uh, you know, in raising him uh, no matter what, loving him no matter what, uh, in and out of hospitals and all that he's gone through. But Ray loves to work in yards. He wants to mow lawns. He wants to trim hedges and on and on. It's harder for him to do that now because he's 95. He thinks tacos in Utah are absolutely terrible. He thinks they're just disgusting. And he thinks the veteran food at the veteran facility when I go to visit him is not that great. Jana got to hang with him last time we went. But he has been my friend for over 30 years. But he doesn't remember who I am now. He doesn't remember my name. He can't recall how he knows me. But David said, forget not all his benefits, is how David wrote it. But Ray finds himself very, very forgetful now because he has dementia. And dementia, in a sense, takes away memories. But David says, do not forget all his benefits. But you know what's so cool about Ray? Ray said two important things. We just saw him, was it a month ago, babe? We just saw him, and uh, he's sitting having his lunch, and he looked at Jana, and he said to me, he looks at Jana, but he says to me, take really good care of your wife. She's a really pretty girl. Take really good care of her. And then when I showed him a picture of me with his son Jason, because I'm trying to remind him that we've been connected all these years, he said, thank you for taking care of my son. He was thankful that I took care of his son in his mind and he wants me to take good care of my wife too. These two things really struck out to me. When I'm with Jason, Jason loves to play Uno, his son. Jason loves to play Uno and he likes to trick with the cards and he laughs and his mom comes in to check on us and he likes to call her grandma because she hates it and then he laughs. <laughs> and on and on. He's just a jokester. Uh, he wants to show us all his baseball cards and his pictures on his wall. So we just have a good time spending time with people. But when Ray said, thank you for taking care of my son and take care of your wife, he still remembers some important things in life. He's remembering love matters, amen? He's also remembering that faithfulness matters. He's also remembering that mercy and kindness matters. He's also really, really invested in making sure that quality matters, amen? And all these things, love, faithfulness, mercy, kindness. And he's also a great mathematician, even in the midst of having dementia. I say he's a great mathematician because he said, you know how old I am? And I thought, I don't know if he'll remember. Because one time he thought his son was 70. Uh, yeah, look at Jason, he's just touching 50. Because he can't remember all these things. He said, you know how old I am? And I thought, I want to hear him say it. He said, I'm 95. And I thought, oh, he got it. He said, in five years I'll be, and I thought, is he going to be able to do the math? In five years I'll be 100. I go, awesome, Ray. That's amazing. What a life. And for those of us 
who praise the Lord like Ray praises love, faithfulness, mercy, and kindness. I'll tell you one thing. For those of us who praise the Lord, we will be found in eternity. And if you want to talk mathematics, do the math on that. Eternity. Do the math on that. Oh, my soul, praise the Lord. Let's stand and pray. Thank you, Lord, for your words. Thank you, Lord, for Psalm 103. Thank you, Lord, for a time to have fun, to praise, to dance before you, sing before you, raise our hands, Lord. May the procession go before, Lord. We don't need an ark to come to our town. We only need the presence of your Holy Spirit to come into our hearts, Lord. For those of us that need God's Spirit, we say today, forgive me of my sins, Lord God. I'm in need of a Savior. May Jesus be my Savior today and forever. Lord, bless this church. Bless those that are here. Let them come to you. If anybody needs special prayer, let them come afterwards, Lord God. If we need to, to, uh, to, to pray the sinner's prayer together, if we need a greater, uh, a greater presence of God's Spirit in our life, whatever's coming against us, Lord, we want to remember to remember that God's goodness is a life of praise. Remember to stop living stuck in the past. Amen. What else do I have here? To count the blessing that we deserve and it's Jesus, amen? And Lord, lastly, we want to uh, live a life of less complaining and more praise sustaining every single day. And in the name of Jesus, God's people who make up this wonderful church, New Hope said, amen. Be blessed, stay behind, hang out, whatever you want to do. When the Spirit of the Lord descends on us, we will have sweets like David ate. (laughs) Praise God.